today is a fun conversation if you love wine, especially if you love or are curious about white wine. We're having a conversation with the authors of the white wine book, Mike D. Simone and Jeff Jensen. Whether you're closer to a novice or a full-on wine geek, there's going to be lots of quality in here for you. A few years ago, they wrote the Red Wine book, which became a massive hit, and now they're back. The White Wine book is already a hit on Amazon, and we want to get everybody who loves wine and white wine to go out and find this book today. So without further ado, let's start a conversation with the White Wine book authors, Mike D. Simone and Jeff Jensen. So we are here today with Mike D. Simone and Jeff Jensen. We're talking about your new book today, and we have a lot of questions. But first, welcome to the conversation, and thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. We're thrilled to be here. For anyone who's new to wine, these two are absolute wine goats. They're the experts. They've written some great books in the past, and their new book is absolutely amazing. Over the past week, I've had the chance to show it to a lot of people in my life. And what I've loved about it is everybody from the wine geek all the way down to people who are barely wine drinkers. They might have a glass on their birthday, etc. They have all found really interesting reasons to love the book. The first question is just, you mentioned the word invitation several times. You include casual tasting instructions, the food pairing index, the white wine checklist. You do such a good job of making the wine approachable. Right. How important was it when you were building this book, the idea of, of making it approachable? You know, one of the things, you know, wine always is very mysterious to people and it doesn't have to be, you know, we, we really believe in kind of like our mantra is, you know, open up a bottle of wine, sit around a table together and there's some conviviality and communality, you know, and, and communality in that bottle. So when you sit down in, you know, in a circle and you're having a glass of wine together, all of a sudden, you know, we're not so different. So one of the things that we really wanted to speak to is to make wine approachable. And, you know, one of the, and I, I really appreciate what you just said is that people from all levels, from wine geeks to like, you know, wine novices, we specifically, you know, set out to write this book with enough information that the geek will be really happy and enough information to intrigue the novice to want to learn more. So we've always said, this is, you know, the kind of book that you would buy for your dad who happens to like wine, or you would buy it for yourself or buy it for a girlfriend or a, a buddy that wants to learn more about wine. But I will tell you that we've been honored. Our last book, Red Wine, was actually a suggested reading list for people who were studying to become masters of wine. So we wrote this book with that idea in mind because we'd like this book to be a reference for you know master of wine students i love that and it, so many times in the book you bring up over and over again kind of enjoy it how you want to like don't you don't need like a road trip you mentioned the analogy you don't need to hit every grape the first time in That's and right. so there are so many ways to approach the information and the information is so detailed I think a lot of people may not realize just how much wine you might taste in an average year. Uh, wow. Well, <laughs> I don't, you know what? I don't, I don't even know. I honestly don't even know that we realize how much wine we taste in an average year. Um, 
but it's i mean when we're when we are tasting wine um whether it's for you know a book like this we're trying to decide what gets included um or when we're writing our articles it's very it's easy for us to open up 30 bottles right. in the course of a couple of hours. So that's kind of a, it can be, you know, I would say it can be like, I mean, maybe 30 a day at yeah. home, but then there's also the, the traveling, the going to wine regions, the, and walking into a winery and visiting four wineries a day where people can pour for you, depending on how they're feeling and how much time you have anywhere between three or four wines, which is really the minimum up to like, I want you to taste everything we make. I want you to taste the old vintages. And then you're staring down 20 glasses. Well, you know, one of the things that we have to make a distinction is how much wine do we taste and how much wine do we drink? Because when we taste wine, you know, as Mike said, we may open 30 bottles, but you just have a sip, you swirl it around your mouth, you get your impression and then you spit it out. So it is, you can actually taste 30 or 40 wines in one sitting. Mm. And it's the alcohol that you actually absorb in your mouth is probably equal to one glass of wine. So you, you really, you know, we have to maintain our wits about us, if you will, when we're writing, you know, books and writing tasting notes. And then what out of those 30 wines, we'll choose one or two, like, okay, I'm going to put that in the fridge and drink that with dinner, you know, so... That's what the difference between drinking the wine and tasting the wine is a big difference. Our neighbors absolutely love us because, you know, we have these bottles with that much out of it and put the cork back in and give it to them. So they're very, very happy. But um, I think, you know, one of the things that we had to do for this book is taste. I would say, uh, yeah, there's about, I believe that there's about 2,000 recommended wines. And I'm going to say in the book, we we tasted close to 5,000. Not everything, not everything made the cut. That's incredible. So speaking of that 5,000, how do we prevent palate fatigue? When you're at an event or even at home and you're tasting 20, 30, 40, even if there are just a one ounce sip, right? what is your best advice for preventing palate fatigue? Um, I think one thing for both of us is we both drink sparkling water. And so we'll have, so like between flights, between sets, drink some sparkling water. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, I mean, we eat very, very simple things just to kind of clear the palate, maybe kind of wipe some of the tannins from it, that kind of thing. We'll eat like sliced baguette or just plain water crackers, Crackers, yeah, that kind of thing. But really, I mean, just basically really focus on the wine. Also try to break it up. Don't Mm. try to drink the same style of wine over and over and over again because you stop noticing the subtleties between them. But uh, but I will also say is that, you know, like a trained athlete, you know, I run like a mile and I'm tired, you know, (laughs) so that's fatigue. Whereas I have friends who are marathoners and they run, what, 26 miles and they're not even tired. So it is training, you know. I can't run a marathon tomorrow because I haven't trained for a marathon, but I can taste 30 wines or 40 wines tomorrow because I've trained my palate to, to discern the differences. So it's kind of like an athlete, you know, it has to do with training to prevent fatigue. So staying on the idea of tasting for a second and going back to the idea of being approachable, Let's pretend we're not necessarily new. We've gone to a few tasting events. It's obviously this season now. Paso just Paso tomorrow is the Paso Fest. How do we talk to a winemaker? How do we ask questions that are both intelligent, 
as well as we know what we're talking about a little bit. Is do you have a any any hints for that? Any tips? Um, you know, I think actually one of the first, and it's an easy question to ask, and one of the first questions to ask is how much did you make of this wine? Because that actually gives you an indication of how special the wine is. Right. If somebody says, oh, we make a million bottles of this every year, there's it, it may be a very good wine, but there's not, the winemaker might, might know how it's made, but they might not know a lot about exactly where the vineyard right. is, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. If they say, oh, we only made 2000 bottles of this and we and it comes from one special vineyard that really st that starts to just finding out quantity sometimes opens up the question of how special it is. Another question is if it's a blend, if it doesn't say on the bottle that it's Chardonnay or Pinot Grigio and you just know that it's a white wine, you can ask what grapes are in this. Right. And and they may, if they're French, they may look at you and say, well, of course you should know that a white wine from Burgundy is Chardonnay. Um, or they're really eager to talk about right. what it is in the bottle and why they made it the way they made it. No, but people who visit, you know, uh, wineries should ask questions, you know, take that as an opportunity to learn, you know, and, and just a little plug for the book, read the book first, white wine, you know, it's available on Amazon, but read the book, get some knowledge. And then you go to a winery, go out to California, go to New York state, go wherever you go and visit a winery and talk to the winemaker and talk to the people who are responsible for making the wine. They're very, very generous with their time. They want you to be informed and they want you to enjoy their wine. So, you know, get, do your homework mm -hmm. and then learn some more in person and then go back and, and read our book again, because you'll learn a little bit more. And that's what we really appreciate. You know, when people do that. And that's a really great point because there is so much information in the book that it kind of gives you the questions on your own. If I'm going to go out and have a, you know, a nice Riesling, you, there's two, three pages of really, I mean, down to pronunciation. Do you know what a lifesaver that is for someone who's trying to act smart and isn't? I mean, that's beautiful. So thank you for that. You're, you're, we we actually just had this conversation yeah. um, about a grape a grape from Switzerland that is included yeah. in the book that is Chassala. And it's spelled Chasselas. It's spelled Chasselas. Yeah, Chasselas. Yeah, and, you know, and we just, and I was, I'm like, so how do we pronounce it anyway? And Jeff said, he looked at me and said, there's a pronunciation guide on every page. So, so yeah. So we're glad somebody noticed. So just so you know, if you're looking at wine from Switzerland, it's called Chasselas. 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 Now I, I can't wait to taste it, but now I, now I know how to ask for it. Right. Um, the book, White, White Wine, it is such a, in my words, mammoth undertaking. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of data in there. So how did you begin to, how did you build the strategy behind creating all of this? I think actually we were lucky in that we'd already written Red Wine. And so writing, so we wrote Red Wine, which came out in 2017. Um, we worked with our publisher to build a strategy on that. And we said, we actually walked in and, and said, knowing that some of our prior books were a little bit text heavy, we walked in and said, hey, we want some, you know, there's a lot of stuff online now. We want to do some graphics. So you'll notice that like for the flavor profile, there might be a picture of a peach and a rose and a lemon. Um, and then for the food pairing, you'll see a little plate of pasta 
and a pig and a steak, something, right. something like that. Um, so we asked for some graphics in it, but we also, when, when it came down to this book and we worked with the same editor again, we also, we had the structure already. So that was really, really a blessing to say this, is, we're just going to lay it out like this. Well, when, when our editor came to us and said, you know, um, I, we want to publish this book, we were so excited and, you know, we sent the contract and, you know, as an author, you get an advance up front, you know, to write the book. Mm -hmm. And after that was all done and signed and the money was transferred to our bank account, we both sat down, looked at each other and we said, we don't have a lot of time to write this book. <laughs> Let's let how how are we going to do this? You know, so we divided and conquered pretty much. And um, we each, you know, wrote different chapters. But, you know, we've been writing together for 12 years. So you really can't tell who wrote the chapter. Um, we, I can't even tell <laughs> my, my writing style versus Mike's writing style anymore. And then they were, and then they got edited as and well. Then, and so. then we edit each other's work. <laughs> and so before we even hand it to our editor, it's already been edited, pre-edited. And then he gets his, you know, fingers in it and edits it in his way. So um, we're really, you know, it's, it's a big undertaking for sure, mm -hmm. uh, but we really enjoy the challenge. And when we actually see the book and held this book in our hands literally a few days ago, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it, it it's such a, a great feeling to kind of see, you know, this work and this project. And it's it's so nice to finally hold it in my hands. So it's, it's a great undertaking. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And uh, when, when I from an amazon.com point of view what i loved is when i looked it up of course when it said suggested pairings what was below it all of your other work so it's a really great way i promise you if you love wine you're going to love this book whether you're, you're a novice or above and so spend the extra money and just buy all the books in a row and put them on one bookshelf because it really is you're going to get your red your white the full education and then that way this weekend before your big wine tasting you can show up feeling educated. Exactly. And you know what? From your lips to God's ears. So everyone, please do what he said. Go out and buy all of our all books. books. There we go. You will make our publisher very, very happy. Um, but we and I, they and they look like a nice set too. They, do, they yeah. kind of they they match. There's some red books and some green books. So yes. they they work together. So if you're Christmas themed, there you go. But um, you you mentioned Amazon.com. And I do want to just say the book is available on Amazon.com. All you need to do is put in a search. Actually, just go to Amazon and put in the words white wine book and it pops up, which we're really happy about. And it is today and yesterday, number one in wine and food. Parents. Wine pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Wine That's pair. incredible. That is incredible. Congratulations. Thank wow. you. Thanks. Thank you. We're, so that makes us really excited. It was number one in new releases, then number one in wine and food pairings. And it's been for two days. So anybody who's watching this, please keep, keep, keep it up there. Keep it going. <laughs> so I didn't start drinking wine until well after my 21st birthday, simply out of lack of knowledge. My first wine ever was like a $12 Riesling. My first wine, professional wine job, and by the time I got the job, I was just a white wine drinker. And my boss, he ran, I, I lived in LA and he ran a very large, and he used to tease me because I enjoyed white more than red. And mm -hmm. as you bring up in the book, gosh darn, white 
just may not get the respect that Red gets. You know, we also, you're very right, it doesn't, but we had to actually fight um, with our publisher, you know, about substantiating why a book on white wine would be successful because our publisher initially said, oh, real wine drinkers drink red wine. And we're like, no, that's not true. And then they were like, well, women drink white wine. I'm like, no, that's not true. But if our publisher wanted to go down that road, women buy more books than men. So, okay, yes. Let's women, go with it. <laughs> let's go with it. But, you have a good argument there. Thank but you. Honestly, um, you know, I'm an equal opportunity white wine and red wine drinker and rosé because there are wines for different occasions. And, you know, sometimes when you're having a big, heavy steak, you want a red wine. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of times we're, we're trying to eat lighter. We're trying to eat, you know, more vegetables, lighter cuisine. It's, it's summertime now. It's spring and summer. So we're trying to eat a little bit lighter. White wines really go with those foods. Very well said. There's so many grapes in this book. Is there one that through your discovery realized, wow, we love this. Maybe we didn't even know about it. It was lesser known. And I want the world to know about this grape now because it's an amazing discovery. You know what? I actually think uh, one of them, uh, we have a we have a holiday coming up uh, this weekend, or by the time this is posted, it will just have passed. And um, this coming Sunday is International Postship Day. Postship. And Postship is a wine from coastal Croatia. Um, it grows in Dalmatia and on some of the islands. And it's this, this wonderful delightful, fresh, crisp, citrusy, white grape yeah. from Croatia that we don't see a lot of in the U.S. Um, it's in more in like, you know, like, like major urban markets. You'll find it than if, than if you live outside of a city, but you can find some online and yeah. it's, it's really, it's just worthy of attention. Right. So, yeah. If you want to find it, it's a POSIP. It's a P-O-S-I-P. The S has a little thing on it, so you say. I believe it, that's officially called a squiggle. A squiggle. <laughs> so it's um, it's called post. I mean, the the it's pronunciation post ship. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for it, it's P O S I P. Just Google that in you know on Wine Searcher, and you'll find some fun post ships. Uh, post ships for a really good price, by the way. A lot of them are fifteen, you know, sixteen dollars. So really well, well priced. So a lot of times, as we create things, we get unexpected surprises let's say were there any unexpected surprises as you created this book um you know i think one of them was when we did when we did red wine you know we do single varieties and then we do what we call regional blend styles so regional blend style for example being like rioja they use three or four different grapes in a bottle and bordeaux can be up to six different grapes. Um, And so it turned out that there are actually, including sparkling wine, we covered in red wine, we covered only nine regional blend styles and 41 single varieties. White wines, I just did a count, I believe we have 14 regional grape styles. So things like white Bordeaux, white Rioja, Gavi, for example, fall under a style that's not necessarily one grape. So as we wrap up, is there any message that you, while sometimes you get asked the same question 20, 30 times in a day, is there a message that you haven't been asked that you would love to share with a a wine-loving audience, be it 
wine geek or wine novice, anything out there that is just really important that no one's asked you about? That's a good question. I, you know what? I think it's, I feel, and I know that even though we wrote this book and wrote a book called Red Wine as well, um, you can always, you can always learn something, you know? And I mean, kind of like the, like sort of like the, the thing that I think is important is for all of us to always like, like to keep learning, keep asking questions. um, And, and just, you know, I just feel like we all need to, um, to, to keep learning things and to not be, not be embarrassed. If you don't know something, look it up and ask people. Right. You know, we do a lot of presentations on cruise ships on, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, consumer events, and someone's always got a question. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times we get the same question. Do you drink two buck chalk, you know, or three buck chalk or whatever? But um, every once in a while, someone does throw a good question at you. And instead of trying to um, to falsify or BS them, um, I'll, I'll say, you know what? Let me get back to you on that. Yeah, because, I don't know. <laughs> because I don't know what kind of soil type is in that region. I mean, generally we do, you know, we can tell you whether it's Kimmeridgian, we can tell you whether it's calcareous. You're getting really geeky now. (laughs) Good thing we're wrapping up because you just lost everybody. uh, Volcanic or whatever, (laughs) you know, so, um, but sometimes there are some really interesting questions that people come up with. And you know what? We are wine experts. We're authors of six wine books now. Um, You know, we write for different publications. We're on masthead at two different magazines. So, you know, wine magazine. So we really kind of know what we're talking about, but we don't know everything. So, you know, and and being able to understand that and admit that is that, you know, wine is a continuous ongoing journey and learning about wine is what makes it very exciting. So I'm really, you know, happy to have been on the journey so far. And I hope I have a lot more years on this journey to learn more about wines I've never tried. I love that. And I love that you both have brought up traveling in different geographies. Uh, You've given us a lot of knowledge, a lot of expert opinion, both wine geek and novice, as we're approaching this season of wine festivals. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, Now it's our turn. What, what, what would you like from us? Tell us where to find you, where to follow you, your social media websites, Okay, we are on Facebook and on Instagram as World Wine Guys. Um, and we have a website, worldwineguys.com, uh, that actually has um, it's a, that's just kind of a lot of our older articles, some of the videos we've done, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well. <laughs> We need to update it, well, but anyway, to, but it's all, but there's kind of like a body of, there's a body of work on there of like articles that we've written over the last 13 or 14 years or so. And, so, and, you know, as well, read our wine articles in at the Rob Report, you know, so in, if you buy the Rob Report magazine or robreport.com, um, Mike is a Spanish taster for wine enthusiast magazine. So take a look at his Spanish wine notes um worldwineguys.com as mike said um but um get to know us better by reading what we write so just go to www.amazon.com and put in three words white wine book it'll pop up and then uh as you scroll down and it said usually bought together it's our white wine book and our red, red wine, wine book. book and you know what while you're at it 
by we have some friends that have written some great books. Wine Folly, that's a great book. Jancis Robinson has written some great books. You know, we're not the the beginning and the end of wine knowledge. There are so many of our colleagues that we respect deeply. So there's a lot to learn from everybody. So all I can say is that's what we'd like for people to learn more, enjoy wine, open a bottle of wine with your family and friends. And, you know, we kind of drop all of our guards. We drop all of our pretenses and the world will be a lot better place. I, I cheer you both on. I'm so glad to have connected. And if we can ever do in the future, I'd love to further this conversation. So we're going to find you on Amazon at White Wine Book. And uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great. Thank, thank you. Thank Cheers. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. And there we go. A really, really fun conversation. They are fun to talk to. Good authors. And um, if you get a chance, please look up their book, White Wine. Look up the book, Red Wine, as well. Both are really, really fun, interesting books. So again, a huge thank you to White Wine book authors, Mike P. Simone and Jeff Jensen. Thank you to our production crew for their hard work on this episode. And as always, thank you for you, the audience, for listening. I'll see you next time.